Bible College Curriculum, October 31st. Don't play dead. Matthew 11:12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. The Amplified Bible translates Matthew 11:12. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. Thank you, Lord God, for your great love. And Father, thank you for taking us into your kingdom, into your glory, into your confidence. Thank you that you are our friend, Lord. We're the friend of Jesus. Jesus is our friend. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for making us all the way live, Lord, for your glory, your honor, Lord. Flame on, flame on, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Articles by Kennedy and Gloria Copeland, Faith to Faith is the book, Daily Devotional. I want you to get violent today. Yes, violent, determined, zealous, salious. I want you to get so committed to the things of God that you will withstand any attempt to take them away from you. Too many believers these days are like the Israelites. They're wandering around in a wilderness of defeat because there's an enemy in the promised land. They're being robbed of their rightful inheritance because they're afraid to fight him. They keep hoping that someday, somehow, they'll find a way in without using force. But they won't. You have to make demands where Satan and his associates are concerned. When God sent the Israelites into Canaan, he said, Send the armed men to go before you. They were to go up armed, ready for the fight. He knew they had to fight to take the land. He never promised them that they wouldn't. What he promised them was they, they'll win every time. The same is true for you. You can't just lie down and play dead when you're dealing with the devil. He's not going to let go of any area of your life of your health, of your finances, or anything else without a fight. He's not going to give it up unless you force him. Quit sitting there in the wilderness. Quit sitting there while the devil steals the blessings of God out from under you. You have God's permission and his power and his ability to take the land. Get violent enough to do something about it today. Amen. Let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 through 8. When Moses had finished giving these Israelites instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river, just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land, just as he destroyed Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. 
Then Moses called for Joshua and all, and all as all Israel watched. He said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he will give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants as of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Amen. Now the Israelites were on the verge of entering the promised land. They needed a fresh reminder of God's strength and a promise of victory. Some may have been putting their confidence in Joshua. Others may have been depending on the strength of their armies. But no matter how strong we are or our leaders might be, victory comes from God alone. Some enemies are too great for us. Our personal resources or support groups, though helpful, will never be adequate to gain complete victory over our dependencies. We must learn to trust God alone, for He is greater than any of the enemies we might face. Amen and amen. All right, let's go, let's go ahead to November 1st. Let's move on. Faith to faith, the power of love. Galatians 5, 6, but faith worketh by love. I used to wonder why we believers didn't see more of the power of God operating among us than we do. With what we know about faith and the word, it seemed to me signs and wonders and miracles should be happening all the time. So one day I asked, Lord, why isn't the power of God turned up to a higher volume in the church? Do you know what he said? He told me we weren't walking in enough love yet. God wants us to have power, but first he has to be sure we'll use that power in love. He wants to know that we won't take it and mix it with judgment and criticism and blast people out of the water. Kenneth, he said, I can't afford to back your words with supernatural power in a church service on Sunday morning and then have you get on the freeway the night and lash out at someone because he pulled over on your lane. You blow him out of the highway. I can't leave that power of Almighty God at a high volume in the mouth of an unmerciful fool. Then he reminded me of a time I took my son John hunting. He was just a little guy at that time, barely big enough to keep his gun from knocking him on his back every time he pulled the trigger. I was teaching him how to shoot. He was coming along pretty well. That day we were walking along out of a glorious grandparents farm and John spotted one of the biggest tarantula spiders I ever seen. It was clinging to the wall of the barn. When John saw that spider he took aim, he was going to blow that bug away. If I hadn't stopped him, he would have to, and it would have dawned on him until it was all over that he was going to blow a hole in the barn at the same time. From my grown-up perspective, I could see that would be foolish. He couldn't. He was looking through the eyes of a child. Do you want God to put a shotgun of spiritual power in your hand so you can blow the works of the devil to kingdom come? 
then focus on love, pursue it, practice it, study it, grow up in it. Then you'll see the power of God operating through you. Amen and amen. Now, let's read Romans 13, 8 through 14. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirement of God's law. For the commandments say, You must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love those... Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. This is all the most urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of living right. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Amen. When we turn our lives over to God, we are given a new identity. We become children of the light. People who live in the light are awake. Their eyes are open. They are not in the darkness of denial. They have the ability to see and admit the truth about themselves. One way to make sure we are walking in the light is to take regular moral inventory. This will help us shield our evil deeds and live decent lives for all to see. November 2nd. He opened the way. John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14, the Amplified Bible. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself, and the Word, Christ, became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacle fixed His tent of flesh, lived a while among us. The deity of the Lord Jesus Christ is something that can never be brought into question by any born-again believer. Our very salvation rests on the fact that Jesus Christ is divine, the second person of the Godhead, God the Son. The beloved disciple and apostle John forever puts to rest any doubt about that in John on chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. Anyone who doubts what those verses say could not possibly have been born of the kingdom of God, for the deity of Jesus forms the very foundations of our faith in Him. Yes, if you'll search the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus didn't go around proclaiming Himself as God during His 33 years on earth. He acknowledged that He was the Son of God, the Messiah, he referred to God as his father, which enraged the Pharisees. But he never made the assertion that he was the most high God. In fact, he told his disciples that the father God was greater and mightier than he, John 14, 28. 
The reason is simple. He hadn't come to earth just as God. He came also as man. The word says he set aside his divine power and took the form of a human being with all its limitations. Since God was his father, he was not born with the sin nature that had been passed along to the sons of Adam. But by being born of a woman in all other respects, he became a man and called himself the son of man, or literally the son of Adam. How then did he do all these mighty works? The same way he expects us to do them today. By the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38 He said, It is the Father within me who does the work. What does that mean to you? It means that Jesus meant exactly what he declared when he said that you, as a believer, would be able to do the works that he did. John 14.12 It means that you, as a reborn child of God, filled with the same Holy Spirit as Jesus was, have the opportunity to live as he lived when he was on earth. In fact, that is exactly what he intends. He went before you as a man and opened the way. Don't just admire him for it. Follow him in it today. And the original reading is John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Amen and amen. Let me go ahead and go to John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known my Father. If you would really know me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his works through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leaves 
leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. That was verse 17. Amen. And now let's go ahead and move over to the next teaching for the 3rd of November. And that one is called An Experienced Champion by Kenneth Copeland. Isaiah 40:31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Did you know that the force of fate has the power to rejuvenate your physical body? It's true. You can see that in the life of Sarah. Most people don't understand the full extent of what God did in her life. All they know is that he enabled her to have a child in her old age. Let's go ahead and read Isaiah 40, 31 one more time. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. If you take a closer look, you'll see that there was more to it than that. When Sarah laid hold of the promises of God by faith, it began to restore her physical beauty to such an extent that when King Abimelech saw her, he wanted her for his wife. Think about that. A 90-year-old, she was so beautiful that a king wanted her in his harem. What's more, after she gave birth to Isaac, the Bible says she nursed him till he was weaned. Then she kept right on living until that boy was raised. Now, I, I am not telling you you can have a baby at 90 like Sarah did. She had a specific promise from God about that. But I am telling you that if you believe God for renewed strength and health in your old age, He provides it for you. In fact, Psalms 103 says that one of His benefits, it says God will fill your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That is God's desire for you in your old age. A powerful, experienced champion of the word with your strength renewed by faith. Start confessing today that you are filled with the promises of God. Say, repeat after me. Say, praise God, my youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, say it with me. Say, Praise God, my youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise God, my youth is renewed like the eagles. You'll still go to heaven when you work on earth is through, but you won't just fade away. You'll fly out of here in a blaze of glory like the conqueror God created you to be. Amen and amen. Again, in verses 1 through 4 of John, we receive lasting comfort by putting our trust in God. Sometimes God gives us immediate deliverance from a painful situation. Most often, He walks with us as we struggle with problems that never seem to end. Our struggles may be direct consequences of our past mistakes, 
They may be the result of other people's failures. God allows us to experience such trying circumstances to build character in us and strengthen our faith. When we place our trust in Jesus, we receive his peace in this life and the promise of a home with him in eternity. Faith in Jesus is the only way to truly know God and receive the meaningful life that God wants for each of us. Despite living with Jesus for many months, Thomas and Philip did not yet know God through his son Jesus. Many people know about God in Jesus Christ, but they don't know God personally. Genuine faith is personal and relational and based upon the truth about God's found in Scripture. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. For anyone going through recovery, he has the power to forgive our sins, help us overcome our addictions, and give us a new life. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for coming on today's reading. Enjoy this podcast. Let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Thank you. Keep coming back. It works. And only takes a few. <laughs>